Steve Vines. Got the good, cigars. Good morning. Yes, it's World Tobacco Day, or it was. Have I ever got that wrong? <laughs> yeah, you, you have actually. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I um, thought I thought you'd want to celebrate. My my contribution to that is cigarettes are absolutely awful, but cigars oh, are the business. That's another matter. Stay in the pink on ciggies and drink. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. No. Anyway, Steve, Fa- thank thank God we're not live on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, people would hear. Thank it. goodness it's a recording. What have you got for us today? Well, I, I think I, you've got quite a few to choose from. Yes, I mean it, this this is a story that comes out of the big heat because mm-hmm. apparently Frederick Marr, who is the chairman or is he called the chairman or chairperson? Who knows? Of the MTR Corporation, said that he, he his tongue went went uh, walkabout because he was too hot and he'd forgotten to pray in the morning before speaking. Um, incidentally, this is the bloke. Uh, just to remind the listener, uh, this is the bloke who, when he was the Commerce Secretary, uh, also had a, 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 a tongue a tongue loose moment when he suggested that the stock exchange should. Um, ban all penny stocks and the exchange went zunk in one day I mean it was just just on the top of his head he, he basically said oh let's remove about a third of the shares from the stock exchange so <laughs> off it goes plunging down and he, he actually apologised for that which I thought was a sensible thing to do Yeah. Um, but on this occasion he's he's in charge of the MTR corporation and in case the listener has forgotten, which is highly unlikely, there's a few problems with the express rail. So he's asked about this on, on Saturday morning. And he basically says to the reporters, you're not technical experts. If we say it's all right, it's all right. Shut up. Oh, and incidentally, if you come... I'm more or less paraphrasing exactly what he says. Incidentally, he says, if you if you carry on <laughs> asking our management about this, oh, they... They won't be able to sleep at night. It's terrible. So it's all right for us to for NASA to tell us about various space projects. It's okay to learn about the Hedron <laughs> Converter. Yes, but we don't. Well, of course we, we don't understand about trains, but we're interested we, in them, we, aren't we? We, we don't. We, we're all too stupid. Um, actually, particularly you, I think he had in mind. To be <laughs> fair, <laughs> to be fair, I like the way you said you're almost <laughs> paraphrasing. If you don't do this, yeah, oh bloody have you! Son. We'll send the boys round. Yeah. So anyway, so this goes on and on. So he doesn't apologise, and he, he keeps whinging about. Oh, it was very hot, you know. Um, and then you think, well, if it was. Very very hot and you've forgotten to pray presumably now you've cooled down and you've remembered now to give pray. us the goodies why don't you say look i'm sorry about that but no no he doesn't say that he comes back firing on all guns saying you know you've got to allow us to get on with this if if we're going to be sat here there's one thing a lot of people aren't going to get on that's for sure well exactly and, and it ain't that train <laughs> and then yesterday carrie lamb piles in and she says oh you know it's been very hot who are these people who come out with this Horlicks? Oh, it's been very hot. I understand Frederick Mars said it was very hot, and therefore he said these things. Well, actually, I prefer Mr. Marr to Muslam, because at least he was being honest. I mean, this is what they really think. Well, it really is hot. Accountability, <laughs> accountability is for the fairies. Public money is for the experts. And, you know, if it's being splashed around, it's really only up to the experts to decide what should be dispensed, what shouldn't be dispensed. If there's a problem, we'll only let you know if we really want to. But, you know, hey-ho, by and large, we'll get on with it. So that mm. actually is what they believe. Now, normally they don't say it, so I'm, I'm in a sense, grateful to Frederick Marr for saying what these, these monsters actually believe. Carrie, of course, goes back on the line of, oh, yeah, we're going to be open and transparent. Well, that's just not true. I mean, these are the people who lied, told the biggest of porkies about the journey time, said, oh, you can get 
from here to Guangzhou within 40 whatever it is minutes and then it was sort of said well that's if the train doesn't stop except for it does you know and it's meant to it's meant to that well because there's stations on the way who right. knew stations who knew, who knew the fact that when there was a station on the stop. line a train would stop there honestly i mean i'm i'm not a technician i'm not an expert so i didn't know that but but people tell me it's quite common that where there's a station the train will stop they so, may not stop at some they will stop at others that's so, how it works that's how all railways work apple daily is getting a pasting again because uh, the mtr's accused it of misleading its readers uh, alleging substandard building works have been carried out in hong hong then it goes back to something that went down in 2015 well let's and just they're basically stop saying, shall we just yeah. stop at the hong yeah. hong thing please so they give them a pasting for revealing this and and the transport secretary mr chen says oh you know if it had been significant it would have come to my level well, it now turns out that that report was absolutely correct. That 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 Leighton, the contractors, had been shortchanging um, the some scaffold, steel scaffolding. I mean, it turns out the report was absolutely correct. So their their allegations of of Apple Daily raising false alarms are interesting, and you know they're they're sort of Trump esque in the in the in the in the lavish. Um, use of of the fake news word, but they're just rubbish. Hmm. Why? Why in general would a contractor who's probably kosher? Why would a contractor start start bodging things? I think that the reasons are manyfold, but but basically, because all these projects are so much in the public li- uh, limelight, and they're under such enormous pressure to get it done on time, regardless of the reality, regardless of whether the targets are realistic. That, that there is this this inclination to cut corners just to press on with it i mean it's it's not it's not good but i do understand i kind of have a bit of sympathy for the contractors because they're they're caught in the middle because if anything goes wrong they can say no the bureaucrats will never take the blame they'll always go no no it's him the contractor down the road so the bureaucrats are saying no get on with it get on with it faster 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 cheaper 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 and you know in that atmosphere corners are cut Safety is overlooked and bad things happen. So, yes, I think there is a problem with the contractors, but there's also a problem with the people who are running these projects. It said uh, there was a problem in 2015, but it was rectified. Next. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, if you want public confidence in institutions and in big infrastructure projects, you only actually have one way to go, and that is transparency. Mm. And these people seem to think that they are so arrogant they seem to think that we know everything we'll only tell you what we want to tell you it's not very and good somehow PR, is it to say to you, you don't that. you don't you're thick so i'm not going to tell yes, you it's pretty i know daft, i know it, i know that. i mean it, um i've seen that in school playgrounds and it doesn't work it really does i'm just transposing that onto life in general but anyway, uh, there's many things that don't work. I mean, it's quite interesting that, that um, we also hear, talking of things that weren't ever told to us, we, we, we now learn from a, a United States government report on Hong Kong mm-hmm. that back in, uh, where was it, 2000 and, um, uh, 2017, last year in other words, that Carrie Lam personally, this is very interesting, blocked an extradition request from the United States for uh, 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 somebody who's originally a Macanese resident who was, who was um, based in Hong Kong, who'd been found, or rather, he wasn't found guilty because he didn't go to court, of course. He was accused of hacking into US um, 
law firms, databases and extracting information. Mm. Well, you would have thought this was a pretty open and shut case. I mean, there has been no um, extradition requests from the United States that have been denied since the handover. This was the first one. And to have gone to her level, and then they say, or rather they don't say, but you have to, the, the suspicion has to linger that somebody, um, we'll just throw out a name here, Carrie Lamb, was acting under orders from somebody rather more important in a northerly direction. Because why was she involved in the case? Why would she have been interested in a simple... Because it is actually a simple criminal case. Normally these extradition orders just, you know, they go through a process, but, but they don't get intervened at that level of government. Who was the bloke then? So he, he um, I see the Post claims to have named him. Actually, Cable News did the job beforehand, but hey oh, never mind. Um, he's, I can't remember, I think his surname Lamb. He's, he's as I say, he's, 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 he's a, a Macau resident who was living here. And then, of course, the interesting thing is where did he go? He's no longer in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. he's no longer in Macau. I'm having a little guess at that he might have gone in a northerly direction. And why, on whose behalf was he doing this hacking? What was the information he obtained? To who, who, was be- who benefited from all of this? I mean, these seem to be interesting questions that, that perhaps it'd be nice to have an answer to. Yeah. Uh, again, we would never have known about this. I mean, it was part of a general um, United States report on, on Hong Kong. It just was a couple of paragraphs in there. But... Needless to say, the Hong Kong government didn't tell the great unwashed here that that's what they were doing. Hmm. Why? Were they ashamed of it? Possibly. But would they normally? I mean, do we, we don't know about all the ones they have ticked. So this well, you do, actually. I mean, some of them you do know. I mean, if, if, they're, if they're high profile enough, you do know. We, we also know that there was some attempt yeah. to, um, to help out... Uh, Patrick Ho sitting in United States uh, detention at the moment. Bang to rights. Well, you would think so. I mean, the cases are yet to be uh, yet to be fully heard. But um, you, there was some inclination, some indication rather, that, that that official pressure was brought from Hong Kong to bring him back here. The Americans want to hang on to that guy for some reason. They're they're, they're digging in, aren't they? I think they think he's a criminal. It could be. They may have that view. That may be why he's in court at the moment. I love it. There's these ex-senior officials club. It's got to be. Yes. I mean, we, we ought to point out that he was a senior official in Hong Kong. He was... Uh, 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 and, a, and a good mate of um, Donald Chung, who... Oh, gosh, he's also been in court recently, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. All right, let's move into something to do with... Well, you choose. Well, shall we talk about... Because I think this is... Yet again, very worrying. So you had this debate in LegCo yesterday over the appointment of two judges to the Court of of Final Appeal. Brilliant. Go on. Now, the publicity that was given to this seemed to be about the fact that they happen to be women. Um, They're they're very, very... One is extremely senior and one is pretty senior. I mean, the fact that they were even interested to sit on the bench here for the Final Appeals, I thought was quite a coup for the judiciary but anyway 
but but the the debate seemed to swivel around because dear old Holden Chow, named after that well-known Australian car, was busy that isn't manufactured anymore, which isn't manufactured anymore, was busy flapping his mouth around, and he was worried about the fact that they may be prejudiced. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. So they haven't come out and said hello, we're here and we are gay friendly. Yes, they might be prejudiced right, towards it. same-sex marriage. I mean, that's an interesting ter- use of the term. Slow news day. Goodness it's a me. Sl- <laughs> but, but but of course the. You, you know, I mean, Holden is the sort of useful idiot in these things. The, the real problem that the comrades and their and their flag wavers have is the fact that these two women are foreign. Is that what it now, is? Now, that's what's... The, uh, and, in fact, um, in the debate, you, you, you heard... I mean, it was poorly reported, in my view, but in the debate, you heard far more of the usual weasels jumping up and down about how they might undermine national security and how foreigners couldn't understand this and that. Well, you know... (laughs) (coughs) You know, the glory of one country, two systems in its original conception was going to be the independence of the judiciary and its attachment to a judicial system that is well regarded. So, you know, the fact that you do have judges from other jurisdictions which share the common law that Hong Kong has under one country, two systems, was seen as an enormously important guarantee of the independence, not only the independence, but the the status of the judiciary here. The fact that you have such important senior judges sitting on the bench here gives a lot of reassurance to people. Now the weasels in in, in LegCo are jumping up and down, and of course... You know, the usual suspects, we'll call him Junius Ho, just to put a name on it, were, were jumping rather more avidly than the others on the grounds of, oh, foreigners, foreigners. I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they just do not believe in rule of law. It's a great pity. Still, Still here with Steve Vines. Well, well, just before the, the break, we were talking about this article that actually appeared earlier in the week in, in Hong Kong Free Press by... Somebody, I'm not sure if this is a pseudonym or real name, but anyway, it's Kong Chun Gun. And what he's done is he's put together this extraordinary catalogue of convictions, charges, and pending trials that involve members of the um, judiciary, uh, sorry, members of the uh, democracy movement in the wake of the Occupy protests. And his basic argument is, and the numbers are, uh, you know, are, are quite extraordinary. We're talking about um, literally hundreds of convictions and hundreds of trials. And basically what he's saying is what we've got is increasingly is rule by law rather than rule of law. And rule by law means that you use the laws to target your political enemies. I mean, and he pegs it to this very interesting case which was only completed this week which involves Avery Young of the uh, League of Social Democrats and, and uh, uh, Baguio Leung. And what's interesting about that trial is it, this was about leaking inv- or, or putting information in the public domain about a case of the ICA, uh, a, a, a case being investigated by the ICAC. Hmm. What's interesting about this is, is not that, that there's any doubt about whether they did something unlawful, because they did. Hmm is the way that the, what followed. So there have been previous cases of people doing this and they've either, you know, had a slap on the wrist, been given community orders or had very short spells in jail. 
The interesting thing is Avery Young, who's the most high-profile defendant in this case, was given a four-month jail sentence, which is longer than anybody else has ever been sentenced in these things. But, of course, significantly, it triggers, after three months, the mark at which somebody can stand for an election. So there's a double jeopardy here. He goes to jail and he can't stand for election for five years. A lot of people don't think it's a coincidence that the jail sentence is that length, a length precisely um, defined to ensure that he can't stand for election. But anyway, this is one, one case among many. And it is something that I know within the legal profession, as well as outside, is, is, is leading to growing concern. Mm-hmm. Nobody suggests that people who've broken the law shouldn't be tried and shouldn't be convicted. In fact, one of the whole points of the Occupy movement was it was a civil disobedience movement. If you're involved in civil disobedience, you understand that you're breaking the law and you take the consequences. The question is, is this occurring on a level playing field? In other words, do you get the same sentencing as you would for anybody else who's breaking the law for the same offence? Mm. Is there a particular zealousness in um, approaching the prosecution of people involved in pro-democracy activities. And one of the cases that he looks at, which I suppose is one of the most famous cases, is where Ken Zhang was beaten up by by these, um, what was it, seven policemen, mm-hmm. all of whom are now out of jail on appeal, apparently legitimate grounds have been found. But Ken Jung himself, the person who was beaten up, served his sentence in, in full. Now, it was a very short sentence because it was a very minor minor offence. But it is interesting, the, 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 the different way that these various um, prosecutions, and he's, he's one of many, I mean, you know, no less than 12 members of the Legislative Council from the pro-democracy side are are either currently or have been involved in um, court cases, etc., etc., etc. So, I mean, you know, the rule of law hasn't broken down. I'm not suggesting that. Neither does this article, incidentally. Hmm. It seems, Steve, that I think what the author here is getting at is that, you know, when people stand up and say, you know, very very, um, senior people here stand up and say, we stand by one country, two systems, it's working perfectly. The author there is saying, yes, it is, but all of this stuff is happening within that. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. And he's saying that, you know, when you bring it all together, which he's done, it's a very long piece, so you need to reserve a few moments of time for it. But when you bring it all together, there is a pattern emerging. And and the sheer volume of these cases is, is staggering. I mean, there's at the moment, according to him, there's something like, just now, I mean, as of as of the 11th of May, he says, there's, there's 53 um, cases pending um, involving 10 trials. Um, you know, th- these are quite large numbers in a small place, in a small place like Hong Kong. And the defendants are are very well-known people. I mean, Longhair is a defendant I see here in one, oh, he two, loves it. three, three cases. Um, but, you know, there, there are other people who are also at various degrees of prominence involved in this, including Joshua Wong and another legislator, uh, Kenneth Leung, who's being sued for libel by 
um, see why learning. I don't think that case myself will ever reach the courts. But um, yeah. it's, it's funny you, you talk about on the lo- docket. You talk about long hair. I mean, I, I can't help thinking. You know, he's. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say uh, he particularly enjoys being in prison, but he's well used for it. Let's just say when he orders a pizza at home, they deliver it through the letterbox. <laughs> you know, say it's no big deal to him. And he becomes short hair while he's in prison. <laughs> exactly, so there yeah. was a there was a judicial review over that as well. I mean, you know, I. I I don't want to make light of this because it's no. it, it's it's quite a worrying trend. But anyway, I'd, I'd recommend people to have a look at this because it does pull it all together. And um, it, and mm. there's a picture there. What about... Uh, well, sometimes, you know, people will quite naturally say, yeah, but then there's this and then there's that. And, and, and if, you, if you sort of nail it down logically, they are two different things. What about certain people saying, well, anybody who doesn't believe in X, Y and Z should be killed? I mean, well, if we're talking about pedantic stuff, then surely that's important as well. Well, you know, I mean, the, 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 you're talking again about um, that very fine upholder of the law um, who's um, forever um, jumping up and down in LegCo saying that people should be killed, uh, who happens to be a solicitor by trade. I mean, you know, it's extraordinary that, that, that LegCo takes time out to censor somebody censor one of its members for yes. this stupid yeah. action of turning flags upside down. Which was stupid, Which right? was stupid. No, 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 no quibble about that whatsoever. You should be censored for that. But, you know, just adamantly refuses to talk about someone who has gone out in a public place and advocated the death of political opponents. Gosh! Gosh, isn't that important? I don't know. I, I, it is it where is bit, I come from. It's a bit hard to grasp, that one. It is a bit hard to grasp, isn't it? Yeah. All right, then. Well, do check that one out. It's on Hong Kong Free Press. I mean, this this must it's taken a long time. I mean, it's very yeah. well researched and everything. Yeah. I think lots, we've got, lots we, there. Yeah. Time for one more, Steve. Well, this, this is a quickie. Now, now on the mainland, there's a campaign, and normally I'm not a great fan of mainland campaigns, but this one makes sense. You know, if you ever go to a big mainland city, it's really difficult to find a public loo. So what they've had is a campaign to get offices and shops to open up their loos to literally the great unwashed. And in one of them, in, in Herbay province, mm-hmm. there's a sign in English which says, Inside the toilet, opening to the world. 